Hey, I'm Aika Spencer, and I love fandom. I love the writing, some of which I create, the art, none of which I create, and the many aspects that make it up. With the pandemic in full swing, I decided the best way not to go crazy was to start a podcast around it. This one, Down the Fandom Hole, Conversations With. So putting on my big girl bra, I took a chance and reached out to other fandom creators, asking if they would like to share their voice and experiences around it. Amazingly, most of them have said yes. So taking a moment, we sit down and chat about topics like creativity, taking risks, self-care, and many more. I am humbled that I got to chat with all of these brilliant and interesting creators from around the world, and it has only cemented my belief that fandom can also be a bridge and common ground to inclusivity. We are all valid, and fandom helps us envision worlds in which we are. God, isn't fandom fucking amazing? Anyway, to keep me from rambling on, let's get this show started. On today's episode, I got the chance to chat with Kirsten McCorder, aka Argos Light, about self-publishing on Amazon, using writing as a tool to manage her emotions and autism, and about creating pictures using photo manipulation. Also, while listening to today's guest, check out the free companion post on patreon.com slash down the fandom hole. There you'll find some art, if the guest is an artist, and some other fun tittles of information. Also, heads up, this episode does include spoilers for Once Upon a Time. So if that's not your thing and you'd like to not know, please feel free to skip this episode. Thank you for saying yes to coming on my show today. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is going to be so much fun. Now, to get this episode started, what are your pronouns? She and her. Okay, she and her. Thank you. To begin, what got you into fandom and fan fiction? About 10 years ago, which is really weird to say. I was 13, uh-huh. um, and I was reading the Warriors Cat series. One of my online friends at the time was like, hey, do you want to start writing them? So that was a role-play thing, and that was my first introduction to fandom. So I've been role-playing for about 10 years, and that was like writing with a group of people. So writing came easy when I wanted to start writing by myself. Oh, okay. So you kind of practiced it with a group first, writing for this Warrior Cats fandom. Yeah, yeah. And then you kind of branched off and started it on your own. Right. And then who was the first pairing you used when you started writing? I believe it was Rumpelstiltskin and Belle for Once Upon a Time. Oh, Rumpelstiltskin. Bell, right? Rumbell? Yeah, Rumbell. Oh, so what did you like about them? Because they're not really as well showcased in the show. Well, they should have been. I'm still bitter, so bitter. But I really liked them both because I could identify with both of them, mainly Rumpelstiltskin. He's the dark um, one. Are you a dark person? Well, <laughs> I cannot confirm nor deny. Okay. So, how are you like the dark one, then? Well, I love to make deals, so (laughs) that was just a joke. But I guess I identified him with him because Mm -hmm. of the whole abandonment issues. That's true. His dad was not the nicest guy. I don't even know what his name was, except for Peter Pan. Malcolm. Malcolm? Well, I mean, he did get him in the end. Very brilliantly. Don't get happy endings. I think that was the word Trumple said. That's true. And he keeps saying it to the villains, even though he himself is also a villain. I I think he knows that. So I feel like he shouldn't be surprised that he keeps failing miserably. Sadly, unfortunately. Well, no. I just got to the point in the series where Morpheus who turns out to be someone in his life, twist there, and then, you know, he loses Belle from it because of it. And then you're like, "Uh, you keep telling all the other villains you're not going to have a happy ending. 
just because you have all this power doesn't change these stats, apparently, unless you change yourself. But he doesn't want to change. No. Sad. Although I wonder if he does because, you know, maybe he does eventually fall in love with her for real or... I think he's always been in love. It's just he's more in love with his power. Right. But see, then, you know, his power won't keep him as... I mean, it, it can keep him warm, but it keeps him disconnected from people. So if he's really searching for connection... Yeah. He's not going to get that because everyone will still treat him with kid gloves because, you know, he doesn't know how to temper his anger. Exactly. You know, when Regina did what she did, she, I don't know. It's just a bunch of spoilers in the end of it all. And I, mean, <laughs> I enjoyed watching Belle's unwavering faith in him. And I really appreciate that Belle realizes when she can no longer do it. No, that's true, because then that's just basically self-beating herself over and over again, trying to improve a man who doesn't really want to be improved, sadly. Right. Until maybe at some point he does. I haven't gotten there yet. I don't know. So was there another pairing after Rumbell, or was it straight to Supercorp? I think it was Sanders. So the Maggie and Alex pairing. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see Nina until like season three. So then once Nina came in you're kind of like, Oh, I can see this happening or like and then you just oh, kind yeah, of yeah. rode the wave and it was just like ah oh, uh, so uh. basically as soon as I call And I remember in the pre chat you were saying how you now were looking for your own Lena. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, that would be nice. Because my friends call me my um, Akara. I'm definitely a Akara kind of person. Oh, you, because you're so sunny and bright and always trying to look at the positive? Yes, I'm also addicted to pot stickers. Well, pot stickers are delicious, especially pan fried. I don't know how you like them. I actually just microwave them. Because I'm not allowed near an oven. <laughs> huh? Well, you see, there was this one time. Okay, there was more than one time. Uh-oh. But I may have caught the oven on fire. What? Oh, yeah. Why? Because there was an oven mitt inside there. Oh. That I was not aware of. I see. Okay. Now you just microwave your popsicles. Mm-hmm. I understand now. So I'm not allowed to use the oven. <laughs> Self-preservation on your um, housemate's yes, part. Definitely. Smart, smart. I can yeah. understand that. I remember one time I was cooking with a friend, and I had accidentally left the um, oven mitt on top of the burner, and it was still kind of warm, and I didn't realize it was warm enough, and the oven mitt caught fire. So I can definitely understand that. And then when I threw it towards the sink, they actually walked in front of me at that time. (laughs) So they were like, ah! And I'm like, ah, why are you walking in front of the sink? But I did apologize afterwards, and they were fine. They didn't get burnt or anything. And luckily, it wasn't so bad. But, yeah, that was laugh-worthy for a while. She definitely made fun of me for a while, too. (laughs) I'm like, okay, oh, yeah. okay, I'm sorry, but... Ah. That's enough. Um, so what kind of got you started in writing? I think you said something about you enjoy poetry and that you won a poetry contest? Oh, no, I didn't win it. Oh. Um, I, I wanted to win it because it yes. was like a cash prize, but no, I did not win it. I just kept writing after I had lost it because it was like a 25-poem chapter book that I had written. And I decided it wasn't worth just letting go of it. I had to do something with it. So I self-published. Nice. What's the name of the book? Hope and Healing Part 1. Oh, okay. 
That's a nice title. So you use poetry to help deal with emotions or work through them? Yeah, definitely. Does fan fiction do the same thing? It definitely does, yes. I'm not a self-insert kind of person, but I do put my feelings in. So the emotions that you try to work through via poetry and fan fiction, are they specific or are they kind of all over the spectrum? Uh, definitely all over the spectrum. Like, I deal with, like, when I'm writing Rumpel and Bell, I'll deal with Rumpel's abandonment issues. Or Balefires, for that matter. Or when I'm writing Kara and Lena, I'll deal with Lena's issues with her parents. Mm-hmm. Which... I'm beginning to see a pattern here. (laughs) (laughs) I just kind of adopt these characters. Yeah. Do you like trying to keep them canon or do you give them their own spice of life kind of emotions too? Um, I don't enjoy canon as much as I used to. So I just make my own canon. What's, What's a favorite head canon you've created for them? Um, for Lena and Kara? Mm-hmm. Or even Belle and Rumpel? Um, like, I guess for Lena and Kara, it would be that Lena already knew the secret, even if she didn't say anything. And for Belle and Rumpel, it would be more like, well, Rumpel was a bit more open with his traumas and stuff, so Belle could understand more. Mm-hmm. And I think she would have helped him work through stuff and he wouldn't have had to go on his, you know, dumbassery. (laughs) Yeah, he just keeps choosing the wrong things, unfortunately. So where do you draw most of your inspiration from when you write? Music, definitely music. Yeah, you're a huge Taylor Swift fan, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, actually, on one of my, on my Facebook page, actually, I have a life event that says, listen to nothing but Taylor Swift for three days straight. (laughs) He has a lot of songs. Yes, but that was specifically when she came out with her album Lover. Mm -hmm. So I just listened to Lover for three days straight. The whole album? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, wow. So I got a chance to listen to the song by Taylor Swift called Cardigan, which I know you said inspired your favorite fic called Cardigan. And I believe you were trying to see how many of Taylor Swift's lyrics you could fit in that fic at the same time. So what was it about the song that inspired the fic? And then why did you want to try to fit as many lines, um, Taylor Swift lines, into the fic? And I reread it recently, like the other day. I think I managed to do like 10, 16 maybe. Anyway, it was written for the Big Bang. And I really enjoyed working with who I worked with, even though I can't think of their names right off that. Um, I got actually two pieces of art inspired by Cardigan. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was really special for me. So I can definitely see why it's your favorite, though. It was a very sweet and adorable and just, like, tooth-rotting fluff piece. It was, I was like, oh. I do that a lot. Well, it's nice to have that out there, you know? Sometimes people just want angst, and sometimes people just want fluff, and if you can be known as the fluff generator, that's never hurtful or problem, right? Especially if you like doing it. Yeah. So what I is love it? fluff. Why do you like fluff so much? Well, the show is not very known for fluff. No, that's true. Especially with these two. Well, yeah, because they're not exactly canon yet, hopefully. One can hope, right? Yeah. Fingers crossed for yeah. season six. Huh? We're counting on season six. 
Yeah, it'll be the last season. Although that's kind of bittersweet if you think about it. They finally end up together. Yeah. Six seasons after, and it's over. I know, right? Watch mm-hmm. them do it on the last episode, too. Ugh, right. So what is it about Taylor Swift songs that seems to resonate for you? Well, I grew up with Taylor Swift. For a long time, we listened to this radio station called Froggy 104. Okay. And that was basically all we listened to. And they had a lot of Taylor Swift songs? Yeah, back when she was country. Now she's kind of pop. Her music is so good. Now she's actually more folk indie. Oh, she kind of went the John Mayer um, route. Because he was not country. He was more pop. And now he's more folksy. I forgot which um, yeah. songs he did that are folksy. Yeah, you should definitely listen to her. I will. There's someone named... Mm, there's a user on YouTube who actually does nothing but piano covers of her entire uh, album. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I can share with you a link later if you want. Yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, so I've been like, oh, this is really nice to listen to. So I was, like, listening to it as I was preparing for today. I love that you had to listen to Taylor Swift to prepare for this. I'm glad you like that. Um, I actually am a fan. I did like her 1984 album, the one with Welcome to New York. No, 84, right? Or 89? No, it's 89. Oh, wow. I think I would know. (laughs) I think you would know, too. So I will defer to your expertise. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Not a problem. So are you a pretty fast writer, or does it take time to get your stories out? It definitely depends on what I'm writing. Mm -hmm. Um, I've written a bunch of my stories in, like, 15 to half an hour. Mm-hmm. But some of my stories take up to like three to four months. Mm-hmm. And three of my stories so far are works in progress that I haven't published at all yet. And they've been taking me up to like three months so far. Do you like sure. to publish only finished works and then you could like dole them yes. out in uh, chapters or do you? Yeah, definitely. Okay, I see. So the work is completely done already. Yeah. I don't want to publish unless I'm done because then I'll lose the inspiration. Oh, I see. That's smart. Um, I tend to publish whenever I am inspired by a chapter. So I have a – all of my works are unfinished right now. So, But I don't have that much on AFP. (laughs) (laughs) I – I don't want to publish and get a bad comment, mm-hmm. not that I've had bad comments. Mm-hmm. I'm really lucky. That but, is actually lucky. Uh, I've never had a comment that made me want to stop writing. Yeah. Sometimes there are people out there who cause that to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. It's really sad. It is. It's hard to put your work out there as a writer or an artist or yeah. a medium creator. Absolutely. It's not nice when you get an unhappy comment or a not nice comment, right? It's not nice. During the pre-chat, you shared with me how you have autism, and you wanted to talk a little bit about it during the episode. We also touched on a little bit earlier how you use writing to manage your emotions. Is this something that also helps with your autism? Yes, absolutely. Um, Well, the myth is that Aspies and people with autism do not feel emotions the way normal people do. Mm-hmm. Or I should say neurotypicals. But last night I was rereading David Cardigan and I realized that I invoke emotions when I write. Yes, I, I can feel that. And when you talked about in the story how Kara said, we do the do, but we don't make a kangaroo or something. There was such a happy feeling of like, oh, this is so adorable. And I, I just, I enjoyed li- uh, reading it and like getting so happy from it. Like I might have to steal that one day, maybe. I actually said 
say that to your wife. Oh, you do? I didn't know that. I do. See, that's cool. I think that's awesome. What kind of emotions do you like invoking in people? Um, I love making them cry with fluff. Yeah, it was very like, sweet. I, I, I like the words you used and how bright and airy you made Lena into. And, you know, all that in yeah. the sad moments when they're like, we're going to get married and bracelets and then moms yeah. and oh, so sweet. Yeah, I just, I really love them. <laughs> Well, you know, they're like the perfect little shipdom out there, right? They're like, oh yeah, they're both yeah. kind of going through things, and then they had the moments and all the fun stuff. Yeah. So, so let's talk what it was like doing self-publishing from start to finish. What was that like? What did you find out? All those kind of things. Well, first of all, you had to have your book or the file for your book in um, a certain format. Mm-hmm. So I chose B-O-C-X, and then I just uploaded that. Mm-hmm. It was spectacularly easy to make a cover for my book because they have a cover creator. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, it was really nice. So did you use art that was already part of it? Could you also upload your own? You could, yes. And I have before. But I would suggest, obviously, using non-copyrighted uh, art. Otherwise, they might come after you. Yeah, that's something you kind of have to be careful of. You don't want to accidentally, or you don't want to take someone's art without giving them credit or asking permission. So once you uploaded the cover art, what's next? Uh, it was on the same page, so. Okay. There was a few steps of pages that you had to go through. And then you would choose the categories that you would find it in, mm-hmm. like women and women's poetry, nonfiction, nonfiction poetry, etc. And you would tag it, but not the kind of tag AO3 has, unfortunately. Yeah, AO3 has a really good tagging system. It's, like, one of the best I heard in the industry or something. Right. I'm really grateful to AO3 and its tagging system. I wish libraries had it sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, it would be nice. Might have violence, dubious consent, you know. But then it might also give away some spoilers that would make people less likely to pick it up. But then I feel like it's false advertising. But moving on from that kind of pseudo-tangent, I'm sorry, what else goes into self-publishing? So, and then I had to put a description, Mm -hmm. and I got to choose my royalty settings Mm -hmm. and how much I would be paying or how much it would cost to make the book and buy it. So, like, they only make the book by the time someone buys it. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, pre-made. So that's why it can sometimes be more expensive when you print it? Yeah. So, like, if it's $5, say, mm-hmm. for me to publish the book, or for you to buy the book, rather, mm-hmm. I get maybe 2 or $3 out of that. Oh, wow. It's not much of a gain. No. Oh, is that why it's better to do digital? Yeah. But I still do paperback because holding your book with your own words in your hands, uh-huh. that's one of the most thrilling feelings I've ever had. Oh, I bet. I've never gotten to do that before, obviously. <laughs> um, and it was just so beautiful. I remember the inventions had been wrong. So I was mm-hmm. so upset about that. Like, the pages were on, the, some of the poems switched pages when they weren't supposed to. Oh, so the format got a little messed up? Yeah, but that was my fault. And I've since perfected. 
How did you fix it? Well, you can't use the space bar to go to the next page in the Google Docs. That's where I messed up. Oh. Yeah, you have to do the control tab or whatever it is to go to the next page. Ah, uh-huh. uh, I see. Okay. So that's a little tidbit to want to self-publish. I definitely suggest self-publishing. Have you, as a self-publisher, noticed any downfalls? Like, is it harder to get the word out about your book or? Yeah. It's definitely harder to get the word out because, I guess because I didn't build a fan base before I did it. I think nowadays I might have better luck because I have a few people who actually enjoy my writing and who keep up with me on AO3. So they might be a little more interested now. So who are your um, favorite writers, both in fandom, fan fiction, and regular writing? Okay, so my original favorite authors are Amanda Lovelace and Cyrus Parker. Ooh, I've never heard of them. What have they written? Uh, They are... Um, well, I can't remember what Cyrus writes, but they are married in real life. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's really cool to watch them interact. But Amanda is a poetry writer, and she writes The Princess Saves Herself in this one. It's such a good series. It's a series of poetry books. Oh, okay. And then Cyrus? I have no idea what he writes, but I know I love him. Okay. I can't remember his title. Oh, yeah, that's happened to me too. So, fanfic writers, who do you enjoy? Uh, I came up with a long list, actually. <laughs> okay, let's narrow it down to the top five. Okay. Well, I remember that my best friend, uh, the one I was telling you about, she had actually written one of her fanfics and posted it already. So I can brag about her a little. So this is uh, January underscore embers with Mm -hmm. the parentheses, my heart burns there too. That's my best friend. Nice. She wrote five times Kara sees Lena plus one time she really does or something like that. Nice. Uh, And then... There's Trixie Bean. Ah, yes. With a C. Uh Uh-huh. She's one of my friends. And, oh, sorry, they are one of my friends. Pronouns are important, people. They are indeed. And I'm actually one of their betas, so that's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Premium content. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it is fun being beta. You get to read things ahead of time. Yes. Uh, I'm, of course, a huge Lost Aerials fan. I feel like they are one of the most prolific writers in the fandom. They write a bunch of fics, but one of my favorites is their Military Kara A. And then there's Mary Kay, things, strings, and stuff. Uh, but she writes this fanfic that I'm really enjoying, where Kara was dating Andrea. Andrea. Uh huh. And spoilers happen. Uh huh. So, <laughs> redacted happens. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep it. Spoiler free, so people um, are intrigued to read it. Yeah. She's just dating Andrea, and then Lena finds out. Oh, that sounds like it'll be fun. Redacted happens then. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Go read that. Uh, Aspen Forest. Okay. That's with an I, not an E for the Aspen part. So, okay. 
uh, Aspen Forest writes this amazing fanfic, and it was called A Christmas Princess. Mm-hmm. It was based off of that Netflix Christmas movie. Which one? Uh, titled A Christmas Princess. The one with Katie McGraw? No, sadly. That was uh, A Princess for Christmas. Oh, I see. Okay. So who was in... Who was in the one that didn't have Katie McGraw? Rose McIver. She sounds familiar. Okay, I'll have she to check that out. Zombie. Oh, is she the white blonde-headed zombie? Yep, yep. Okay. Um, anyway, this one is about a reporter mm-hmm. who goes undercover to report on this princess, well, prince. Yeah. In the movie. But then she gets found out and stuff. So. I see. It was such a good AU. Ah. Sounds fun. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, what kind of AUs do you try to stay away from? Major character death. Okay. Yeah, those are hard to read. Yes. And graphic depictions of violence are hit and miss with me. Oh, so sometimes you're in the mood for it and sometimes you're not? Sometimes I can stand to read them. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm never in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely can read some of them easier than others. Ah, uh, that makes sense, that makes sense. Yeah. So what was it like first publishing and dealing with the thought of rejection? Was it easier because you had already published your book of poetries, or how did you deal with it? I actually published the poetry after I first written a fanfic. And I've been really lucky. I don't think I've ever had a rejective comment. But how did you feel about the possibility of rejection? Like, Oh, I was terrified. So how did you say, you know what, I'm scared, but I'm still going to do this, and, you know? It definitely helps that I write so much fluff. There's not much for people to criticize when it comes to fluff. That's true. But I guess I was writing this one fan fiction called Forgiveness, Can You Imagine? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's ten chapters making it one of my longer fan fictions. Uh-huh. And, because I normally just write one shot. Uh, but the pacing was awful. I look back and I cringe at that. That's okay, though, right? Means you're learning. Yeah. Yeah. But... Even then, I didn't get terrible comments. I just got encouragement and how I could do a little bit better. Yeah. That's always nice when people are willing to read your things and then offer useful comments that can help you get better. Yeah. There's always a difference between, oh, this is what you should have done, and this is how you could have improved. So do you use a beta for your your works? I've used it used a beta once or twice when I was doing an event. So what's it like when you act as a beta for someone? Beta ship for me, when I read betas work, Mm -hmm. is about grammar and storylines mostly and spelling. I like to make sure the continuity is there. I am not pronouncing that right. That's okay. I (laughs) I think it's continuity. Yes, continuity. I make sure that it makes sense all throughout the story. And then I make sure that the past, present, and future tenses are all correct. Uh Uh-huh. I tell you what, Trixie is amazing. I don't really have to edit her work, their work a lot at all. I'm lucky. I just get to read it ahead of time. Yep, that's one of the fun things about being a beta. It really is. I get to read it ahead of time and just compliment them. I mostly like give encouragement, I guess. Yeah, encouragement's good, especially when you can see the maybe the 
bright spots that they're like so caught up in all the negative spots that they miss the bright yeah. spots, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you do for self-care since we're in the midst of a pandemic and it's kind of crazy? Self-care for me is music. Who do you like to listen to? I loved Demi Lovato for a very long time, and mm-hmm. I still do. She was actually one of my first people that I enjoyed so much. Like, she was my first Katie McGraw. I just loved her to death. But, yeah, I also listen to just all sorts of bands, like Icon for Hire. Mm -hmm. They are amazing. They came out with a new album recently, and I've been obsessed with that. Huh? Uh... And yes, lots of musicals. Oh, what's your favorite? Next to Normal. I've never heard of that musical. Who's in it? Oh, uh, Alice Cooper, Alice Ripley. No, that's it. Uh, it's about this woman, Alice Ripley, who yes. has bipolar disorder uh-huh. and a delusional episode. Mm-hmm. And the effect that has on her family. Oh, wow. That must have been a hard musical. Yes. It hits me right in the feels every time. I also enjoy... Now, don't laugh, okay? I can't make that promise, but I will try. Okay, that's fair. I really enjoy, as in present tense... Okay. Shrek the musical. Really? Yes. Did not know it was popular enough to have a musical. It was, yes. So, what's it like? <laughs> uh, it's really good. It's based off the first movie. Okay. Uh, it's actually good enough that I'm making a AU about it. Okay, and then who's playing Trek? Uh, Lena, actually. Really? So she's going yeah. to be this disgruntled ogre in the middle of the oak forest. Yep. And then Kara's going to be... Fiona. Oh, and who's going to be Donkey? Sam Arias. Arias. Really? Yes. Wow. And then the dragon will be Alex. And then Ruby will be the Donkey? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, that's going to be cute. <laughs> yes, that's what I thought. And, of course, Lord, Lord Farquaad. <coughs> I mean, Farquaad. Uh-huh. I, I think that that was purposeful. Okay. Maybe a little. Is Monel. So do you have a title for it yet? I call it, um, oh, it's you. I never had a name until. Okay, guys, keep an ear out or a lookout for that title. So are you drawn more to fun musicals or angsty musicals? Um, I just love musicals with good music to it. If it really vibes with me, then I'm good. So what are your hopes for season six besides Supercorp becoming canon? Oh, goodness. I want Alex to get her baby because that storyline just got pushed to the side and I hated it. Alex just got pushed to the side, kind of, you know? Yes. Um, another hope I have is, I guess that Lena gets to be a super friend in earnest. Right, now she knows the secret and now she doesn't have to be kept out of the loop. That would be nice. Yeah. I hope Day gets, I don't know, destroyed somehow. Who? Day, William Day. Ah, yes, yes. I have no issue, I have no actual issue against him or the character. I just, you know, I don't want him. <laughs> <laughs> He's too close to Kara. He must let, be destroyed. Let him go with Andrea. <laughs> yes. Be irritated together. Yes. Just kind of yeah. let that grow into something. Let it let it fl- flourish on its through the loss of a dear, important person in their life. He was there for me, kind of storyline, right? So where did all the muses come from for Tumblr as your name? 
Oh, I actually role play on Tumblr, and mm-hmm. I have like a ton of muses, which is what the characters are called that I write for. Okay. I have about 50 plus of them. Well, that's a lot. So who are these muses? Just give me the top five. Okay. Um, well, of course, there's Kara mm-hmm. and Lena, mm-hmm. um, Belle, mm-hmm. Bumpel, mm-hmm. and Alex. Really? So who do you, out of your five, are the easiest to write for? Um, Kara. And, oh, I should have mentioned Lillian. Oh, is she a good Lillian in your stories, or is she a bad no. Lillian? Uh, my Lillian is really good. Apparently, I'm really good at being an evil character. <laughs> really? How do you channel angry Lillian or evil Lillian? I have no idea. Um, lots of Hazley inspiration. Halsey. Oh, yeah, Halsey's good. Yeah, like the song Control and Gasoline. Yes. Lillian. What characteristics or personalities do you like to imbue in your top five muses? Well, I portray Kara as autistic. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has to be something I want to include. Okay, so autis- autism, and what else? Uh, Alex's fiercely protectiveness. Okay. Lillian's ideals. No, not ideals, but ideas. Okay. She's really creative. She can be, especially when yeah. she's being evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lena's brain. Uh-huh. Uh, Belle's bravery. Mm-hmm. And Rumpel's parental instincts. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Yes. I mean, he did do this whole bad, dark thing to protect Bellfire from having to go into the war, the Ogre War. So taking a moment before we draw this episode to a close, you and I are both participating in the Supercorp Reverse Big Bang. Now, um, just a quick background of what a Big Bang is, of based off of my understanding. A Big Bang is where writers create fictions and then artists get inspired off of those and they make art in as companion pieces. With what we're doing at the Reverse Big Bang, it's the opposite. So an artist makes a piece of art, either manipulation photo manipulation, video, or uh, more traditional art forms like digital art or by hand. And then a writer creates a story based off of that picture. I'm a cheerleader, and you're a writer-artist for this one. And we're going to be coming to an end soon, at the end of this month, I believe. Yes, the 1st of May. So you're doing two stories, and you're doing two art pieces. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the art pieces? Okay. Well, I can't tell you much. Yeah. But um, I did make them with Photoshop. And they're graphic design slash graphic manipulations, not um, art that I drew because I can't draw. I'm really bad at it. So... So what kind of goes into doing a photo manipulation? Like, what kind of things do you need to think about? Where do your inspirations come from? How do you kind of make this cool piece of art? It all depends on what image I can find with two girls or a boy and a girl that actually look like I could turn it into another girl. Because it's very hard to turn some people into Kara and Lena if they don't, if the position is not right. Oh, that sounds very intense. So you've got to go through a lot of photos sometimes then. Yes, so many photos. 
And then I have to look up certain angles for pictures of Kara and Lena. So, like, if then, for one piece of art, for one photo manipulation, how many different photos could be in that one photo manipulation? As many as, well, let's say I'm doing a picture for both Kara and Lena. Okay. As many as six. Oh, wow. Well, as little as six. Sorry. Oh, okay. And, like, I've done a piece where it had to be, have, like, 40, 45 layers. Really? Yes. It was insane. I was so annoyed by the end of it, but really proud of the end outcome. So you decided to do photo manipulation because you're not very good at drawing, but you had these images in your head that you wanted to try to portray. Yes. Oh. So how did you, like, what kind of application do you use to do your photo manipulations? Photoshop. Like Adobe Photoshop? Yes, definitely. Oh, wow. I pay $10 a month. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. So it was gives it... me more than just Adobe Photoshop. It gives me access to a few other photo, uh, Adobe products. Oh, that's cool. So it's a subscription-based kind of thing. Yes. You've met a bunch of people during this big bang, and it caused you to create a prompt party server. What's the story behind that? Uh, well, a bunch of writers and I got together in the general writers chat, mm-hmm. and we just started spitballing idea after idea. So I decided there has to be a better place we can put this. Mm-hmm. And like that, Prompt Party was born. Wow, that's such a simple beginnings. If anybody listening to this would like to join the Supercorp Prompt Party, you can check out with Missy's Tumblr page or my page to get an invite. Yeah, it'll be super fun, and we'll always be so glad to have you. Yes, we do things like writer sprints on there and... So many prompts. <laughs> there are a lot of prompts, that's true. So you've been able to make a lot of good friends via the reverse Big Bang, Big Bang, and your prompt party. What's it like making these new friends? Making friends on this server has been a little challenging for me, honestly, at least in the Big Bang server, because it's just huge. Yeah, there are a lot of people in that thing. And, like, I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. So... I cringe just a little every time I see a new person join. No offense, we love having you, even I do. But it's just a lot of people and a lot of talking. So you find it a little difficult because you're an introvert and then it just becomes too overwhelming with all the different voices on the on the screen line? Well, no. That's not quite what it was. It's just different opinions and I don't always know how to voice my opinion Mm -hmm. so I'm a little more shy but once I get to know people it's just fine oh I see that's that sounds pretty standard I mean it can be a little daunting to talk to people online when you can't see their faces or you're not sure if what you're saying is being conveyed in the way that you want to because Text message is so flat, right? Messaging is so flat. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, but thank God for emojis. So whoever came up with the emojis, that's been a big help, I have to say. <laughs> I think I'm always putting the smiley emoji sometimes, just so I'm like, okay, I'm happy. I'm not mad. <laughs> just make sure it's not the real creepy smiley one. What is the real creepy smiley emoji? You're going to hate it, but it's just, the regular old uh, semi, uh, no, not semi, but colon and then the parentheses. It comes out really creepy on this board. Really? I've never done that. Okay. I'll give yeah. it a try. Very <laughs> creepy. <laughs> Although I do like the Discord tells you what the smiley face kind of means sometimes. Yeah. Or like yeah. what the emoji means. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize. I didn't think it that way so i mean that's helpful right yeah all right one more thing so 
you you were talking about how you wanted to self-publish another book of poetry. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that would be great. Um, so it's called going to be called spoilers. You guys get the first knowledge of my book title. It's going to be called Life is Never Simple. Mm-hmm. And it's got this beautiful cover that I made, so I'm a little biased, but I really like it. I took the photo for it, too, so that's even more biasedly great. <laughs> so when can they expect to be able to purchase this? I am ready to purchase now, but, well, I'm ready to publish it now, but I'm trying to get some, garner some excitement, so maybe in the next two weeks. All right, guys, keep an ear out, and um, this might actually be a good place to stop. So I want to thank my guest, Argos Light, for coming on and talking with me today. Of course. Thank you for having me. It was, it was so much fun. It was. I had a lot of fun. All right, and we're done. Bye. Bye. All right, my lovely fan beans, that's today's show. You can follow and connect with Kirsten on Tumblr at Argos Light, AO3, as in Brace Self, and on Amazon under Kirsten McCorder. After that, come follow me on Tumblr and Twitter at Fandom Is Us, and on AO3 as Ayaka Spencer. Don't forget, you can find links and more on the free companion post at patreon.com slash down the fandom hole. While you're there, don't forget to check out what other cool perks and benefits you can enjoy as a subscriber. And finally, a deep, heartfelt thank you to those amazing supporters who have already subscribed. Your reason this show is possible. Much love and aloha to everyone. Thank you for listening. Alright, my lovely fan beans, that's today's show. You can follow and connect with Kirsten on Tumblr at Argos Light, AO3 as Embrace Self, and on Amazon under Kirsten McCorder. After that, come follow me on Tumblr and Twitter at Fandom Is Us, and on AO3 as Ayaka Spencer. Don't forget, you can find links and more on the free companion post at patreon.com slash down the fandom hole. While you're there, don't forget to check out what other cool perks and benefits you can enjoy as a subscriber. And finally, a deep, heartfelt thank you to those amazing supporters who have already subscribed. Your reason this show is possible. Much love and aloha to everyone. Thank you for listening. <laughs>